0: and you can get an extra three months free, expressvpn.com slash slash film.
1: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, dot or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for August 22nd, 2018. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film writers, Huai Tran Bui.
2: Hey, everyone.
1: And Chris Evangelista. Hello. Uh, So let's just jump into the news. Actually, you know, I do want to plug uh, HT. You were on the Slash Filmcast this week talking about Crazy Rich Asians.
2: Yes, I was. I appeared. It went up. The episode went up last night. And, uh, yeah, it was a really fun conversation just about the film itself, its rom-com structure and sort of the the fallbacks that come with it. And also how it feels being an Asian-American watching yourself on screen for the first time. It was a really good conversation. I'm happy they invited me on.
1: So if you want to hear HT talk about all that uh, with the gang, head on over to the Slash Filmcast and uh, download the latest episode But let's jump into the news. And first up on our docket is that they are making a movie adaptation of the video game Monument Valley, uh, which I wouldn't normally be that excited about. But apparently Oscar winning director of Disney's Feast, which is my favorite Disney animated short film of all time, is the one developing it. Uh, Chris, tell us about it.
3: Um, yes. Yeah, so Monument Valley is a, um, a mobile game. I've never played it, but I, I did some research writing this story, and it looks very cool. It's a very visually stunning game. There's a lot of like trippy uh, visuals that look like they're they're taken right out of an M.C. Escher drawing and uh as cool as this looks i don't really know how you're gonna make a movie about it but they're making a movie about it paramount is making a film and they've hired patrick osborne who as peter said directed the the disney short feast and he's directed some other short films is uh turning it into a film he's developing the film for paramount and the plot as far as we know involves live action characters who go into the the world of the game so I guess it's sort of like last action hero where instead of getting sucked into a movie, they're getting sucked into this game or I guess Jumanji. I maybe they're, maybe (laughs) that's what they're basing it off. I don't know. But uh, again, but this is going to be an animated film. I assume it's a, it's a mix of live action and animation. Okay. So So, again, visually this game looks incredible, but it's very much like a, 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 a game, you know, there's not like a plot. So I don't know how you turn this into a film, but I'm sure they'll find a way because Paramount wants to actually turn this into a franchise, of course, because that's what every studio wants now.
1: <laughs> yeah, they want a cinematic universe. I'm, I'm assuming um, Monument Valley did play a small part in season three of House of Cards, uh, which brought one of the the big characters into the mix there. Uh, but this is the you know first time we're going to see it on the big screen, I think. Uh, so yeah, let's move on to our next bit of news, and that is that Brendan Fraser is joining DC Universe's Doom Patrol. As Robot Man, HD, you're at this up for the site. What do we know?
2: So Brennan Frazier has been cast in the, one of the lead roles of Doom Patrol as Robot Man slash Cliff Steele. So he's playing a former race car driver, Cliff Steele, who suffers a horrific accident that renders his body uninhabitable. But uh, miraculously, the mysterious Dr. Niles Calder, who's kind of the mad scientist of this show, saves uh, Cliff Steele's brain and places it inside a powerful robot body. So Brendan Fraser will be providing the voice for Robot Man and will also appear in flashback scenes as Cliff Steele. But he's actually not doing the physical performance of the character in Robot Gear. Uh, That goes to Riley Shanahan. Who is going to be wearing a full body costume on camera? So, this is um, actually not the first actor to be cast as Robot Man in the DC universe, which is uh, the sort of overall title for Warner Brothers TV's streaming service. Uh, Jake Michaels has been cast as the character in Titans, which is the sort of predecessor to Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is a spin off of, of Titans. I don't like, uh, is this something you're going to watch? Uh, Probably not. <laughs> the, I mean, like, okay. So I am a huge Young Justice fan. And I love that show enough that I'll probably subscribe to DC Universe just for that show. But everything else, I'm just, like, not interested in at all. Even Titans, which is a uh, a team that is very dear to my heart. After seeing the trailer for that, and, and the infamous trailer, I just, I lost interest immediately.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is going to be anything I'm watching. uh Brendan Fraser hasn't had that many gigs as of late, right? Like, like I can't remember the last time I saw him on the so big screen. He was,
2: he was in Trust recently, which is the oh, what network network is it? Is it FX? It's a it's a TV series uh, that deals with um, it's the same plot as All the Money in the World. I forgot the name of the uh, the person who is at the root of this uh, of the series. Yes. It's FX, I think, and um, uh, yeah, and it's about John Paul Getty's um, the kidnapping of John Paul Getty's grandson, and so Brendan Fraser stars in that, and apparently he's very good, and some some people are even saying that like this is the beginning of the Brendan Fraser songs, maybe we'll see more of him, and I hope we do because I think that he's an underrated actor, and I feel kind of bad that he's kind of slipped by the wayside, but um, I don't know if Doom Patrol is the right step for that.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure as well. Um, You know, we've been talking a lot lately about James Gunn in the situation with him being let go from Disney's Marvel Universe uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, He was supposed to be at Comic-Con before, you know, that whole thing happened to uh, surprise, not surprise, because I guess he tweeted about it, uh, promote this secret horror movie that he is uh, producing And uh, we now have word that it's coming out later this year. Chris, what do we know?
3: Um, Yeah, so uh, let me preface this by saying, even though everyone is calling this the James Gunn horror movie, even Sony is calling it that, it's not actually a James Gunn horror movie because he didn't actually direct it. He's just the producer of the film. Um, David Yarovsky is directing it, and he's a longtime James Gunn collaborator. He actually directed the the Guardians Inferno music video for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He's actually the director of the film. And we really don't know much about this movie. We know it's a horror movie. We know that Elizabeth Banks who was in James Gunn's Slither is in it. But beyond that the the, the project remains a mystery. Um uh, this was a you know, we were supposed to get our first look at this at Comic-Con, but literally, I think it was the day the trailer was supposed to air at Comic-Con, the news of James Gunn's firing broke, and you know they obviously canceled the panel. So uh, after that, it wasn't clear what was going to happen to this film, but Sony has confirmed they are still releasing it, and they're going to release it November 30th of this year, which is relatively soon so i can only imagine we'll know sooner or later what this is what the title is what it's about you know probably you have a trailer but for now we know it is definitely still coming out this year
1: it's funny because i see some you know reaction online like oh it's good that sony picked up james gunn after he got fired from him. and it's it's obviously anybody that knows how hollywood works you know this film was Uh, you know produced way before any of that ever happened um so that's not the case at all uh we we still don't know where james gunn will end up or uh you know what he will be doing next um we we don't know anything about this movie there's not even like a rumored plot synopsis Uh,
3: there's rumors that it might be this video game adaptation i don't even know i think it's called like bloodborne which i don't I really don't think it is because this seems like it's a very low budget indie horror film. And I just don't see it being a secret video game adaptation. I I feel like it would be a bigger movie if that were the case. And, uh, you know, I I don't know like what Elizabeth banks would be doing in a movie like that. So it's, I I have a feeling this is going to be more like something like the Belco experiment, which James Gunn wrote and produced or even slither where it's sort of like a, a weird mix of comedy and horror. But like I said, this is all speculation. So who, who could, we don't really know.
1: Yeah. Well, with it coming out in November, we should find out soon enough, unless they're going to pull like, you know, a Cloverfield and release the trailer, you know, two weeks before it comes out. Um, but, you know, that didn't work out that well for, you know, uh, for the Cloverfield, uh, Cloverfield Lane box office. So I think they're going to start promoting this soon. Um, but uh, let's talk about, you uh, th- Funko Pop has announced that they are releasing Stranger Things pops, but not just of the Stranger Things, you know, the characters, but of the directors each What do we know?
2: So Funko Pop announced that they are uh, releasing a Funko Pop 2-pack of the Duffer Brothers. Uh, that's uh, Matt and Ross Duffer, who are the showrunners and creators of Stranger Things. And this is kind of the latest in their um, filmmaker uh, toy line. And
1: Yeah, I think they call it the Director Series.
2: Yes, the yeah. Director Series. So this is going to be available at Hot Topic exclusively uh, sometime before the end of August. And uh, yeah, this is... a um, like, like I said, the the latest in the director series, uh, we've seen directors such as Guillermo del Toro, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, Taika Waititi, James Wan, so um,
1: and it, even even James Gunn,
2: <laughs> and even James Gunn it's true. So this is an interesting choice uh, because I don't really know anyone who really knows who the Def, what, Def, what the Duffer brothers look like, um, and even their Funko Pops kind of just look <laughs> like they have copied and pasted the format of. <laughs> each of them with like different hair they have the same goatee even so it just they're very indistinguishable looking men and um it it, it could
1: just it could just be like generic white fanboys figures,
2: exactly and uh, i don't know if the duffer brothers have that much of a following outside of stranger things so it's kind of an odd choice Uh, what do you think about this choice chris
3: yeah, uh, you know I I love Stranger Things and I like the idea of these these director pops, but and I don't have anything against the Duffer Brothers, but they're they're just they're just guys. They're two random dudes who got really lucky. Um, I, I think it's it's weird that they're getting their own toys, like because I you know I honestly think if people saw the Duffer Brothers on the street, they would have no idea who they are. They wouldn't be like, "Oh my god, there's the Duffer brother." Like no one would ever say that. Yeah, it would but, just look like
1: But I don't even think they would know who Ryan Coogler was. You know, like I walking. don't know.
3: I feel like he maybe they would cuz I don't know. I, I don't know. I just don't think the Duffer brothers I feel like Ryan Coogler is more <laughs> well known than the, the Duffer brothers. Brian Coogler directed Black Panther, he directed Creed. People know what he looks like. I don't think people really know what the Duffer brothers look like. Honestly, like I've, I've seen pictures of them and every time I see a new picture of them, I'm like, Oh, that's what they look like. They're just (laughs) nondescript men. (laughs) So you know, but it's fine. I don't want to make too big a deal about it because you know there are, there are more there are worse things in the world than duffer bothered pops. But yeah,
1: yeah. you know uh, I do agree with you with their look. It's very generic. We don't know what they look like. Uh, that's the problem here. But I do need to take you to task, Chris. You said that these guys just got lucky. Like I don't know. That feels a little come on they got really they're well, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they wrote the first season of that uh m night Shyamalan series uh what was it called um oh the name yeah wayward pines yeah uh, look they're but that's just
3: twin peaks and stranger things as good as it is, is just <laughs> et meets stephen king look yeah. they're fine stranger things is really entertaining but these guys got really th- – their whole thing is they just take other people's ideas and repackage them in a new shiny package. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's not act like these guys are, you know, geniuses. <laughs> let's not get carried away here. That's all I'm saying.
1: I-, I do think it is a little too early for them to have their own action figures, um, which does bring the uh, bring the question, you know, what, which directors should Funko Pop? actually make uh, figures of for their director series. I know in our Slack channel, the the number one one that we were all talking about was Steven Spielberg. Uh, and that that's the one I would want the most. I would want George Lucas. I feel like those two are like the most obvious though. And probably the two guys that would not want to license their image to Funko <laughs> to produce uh, figures of them. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys, like who who are some filmmakers that you would want to have on your desk as Funko pops? Chris, do you have any ideas?
3: Um, I, I would definitely love, you know, aside from Spielberg, I would love a, a Martin Scorsese one also because I feel like that would make a really good pop. Cause the way those, those Funko pops work is they need distinguishing features and Martin Scorsese has those huge eyebrows. So you could just translate them <laughs> onto the toy and you would yeah. instantly be like, Oh, that's the Martin Scorsese pop. I know who that is. So that that would probably be my number one besides Spielberg
1: you, you know I was thinking a long time about this and like a lot of my favorite filmmakers outside of the ones I've mentioned do not really have dis- distinguishing features like they're not iconic in the same way that like Spielberg or George Lucas or uh I don't Alfred know it's, Hitchcock yeah Alfred Hitchcock so like you know if you had a Darren Aronofsky pop it would just look like a guy with a scarf. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? like It, <laughs> it
2: would just be a giant scarf. H.T.,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, who would you want to see?
2: So the director of Funko Pop I Want the Most has already been made, and that's Guillermo del Toro. And, um, but I think... If you're going to do a sibling duo uh, of filmmakers, the Wachowskis would be a good choice because they do look very distinguishing and they have had such a colorful and um, quality career uh, as opposed to the Duffer Brothers. I mean, I feel like this is us sitting on the Duffer Brothers a lot, and I I don't mean to say that I hate Stranger Things (laughs) either, but... (laughs) Um, it's just, yeah, it's an odd choice, but I think the Wachowskis would have been a very good sibling duo for this.
1: You know, it's frustrating to me because, you know, I've, have, I've have refused to collect Funko Pops because I have, I'm one of those people that's a collector I have the collecting genes. So as much as I love these cute things and, you know, I love Star Wars and I was tempted so much in the early days of Funko Pop to like collect, you know, the Star Wars collection, I would have to own everything. And a- as we know... Funko Pop makes like hundreds and hundreds. I mean, they're making Funko Pops of the Duffer Brothers. So they, they make Funko Pops of everything. And um, I just can't get into it. And I, I've, I've often contemplated getting into this director series because I don't feel like I, I felt, at least when they started doing it, that they couldn't probably, you know, have it couldn't be the problem that is with the other lines but you know now they're in the duffer brothers and and now it's too late if you want Paul Feig which i think was the first one that they released i think they made so few of those that they go for like $500 on ebay and you oh know my what God. i don't i don't like paul feig that much so <laughs> Or James Gunn, I think James Gunn, at least before the Marvel stuff <laughs> went down, was going for a couple hundred dollars. So uh, I wonder, I wonder if that has tanked the value of his Funko Pop or not, or if that even changes the marketplace of that. H did you have any other ideas other than the Wachowskis? I, th- I think that is a great idea, by the way.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I would prefer, I would like personally a Richard Linklater one, but then again, he's also very undistinguishable. Maybe have like a little gray like wavy hair or something but otherwise he kind of just looks like a lot of other white male directors
1: Uh, Chris do you have any other last suggestions for Funko Pop I'm sure they're listening to this podcast
2: Uh,
3: maybe Rowdy Roddy Harrington the director of Roadhouse give me that I I would take that
1: (laughs) I I don't think we're ever going to see that but uh, never
3: never say never
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, Funko could go through the entire lineup of film directors uh, today and yesteryear and, and and get to that point where they have to make that. Uh, I, I just don't think so. OK, let's let's move on to our next bit of news. And that is uh, the Needless Jacob's Ladder remake, which is coming next year. Chris, you at this up for the site. I try not
3: to be too uh, negative about remakes. I am definitely not anti-remake. I do think if someone has a really interesting new take on an old story, it could turn out really well, especially the horror genre. There have been some excellent horror remakes, like, you know, The Thing and The Fly. That said, we really do not need a Jacob's Ladder remake but we're getting one anyway. Uh, it'll be out in February of 2019. Um, the idea for this remake has been kicking around for a little while. It was officially announced in 2014 and then, uh, sort of word of it sort of died down for a while. I think we all were just hoping if we stopped giving it attention, it would just go away, but no, apparently it's made and it's going to be released relatively soon. February is really not that far away. Um, Uh, David M. Rosenthal is directing it, you know, whatever. Jeff Bueller wrote the script. He also wrote The Midnight Meat Train. That's, you know, whatever. Look, (laughs) maybe this will turn out good. You know, I I will reserve full judgment until it's actually out and I see it. But as of now, my knee-jerk reaction is this is a bad idea because the original film is really good, and I don't really know how you would really even improve that, especially because – you know, that film, it came out in uh, 1990. And I feel like so many films since then have borrowed from this movie, especially like The Sixth Sense. You know, a lot of horror movies with twists and stuff like that really are drawing from this movie. So it's sort of like already saturated into you know, the zeitgeist. So to to remake it now seems foolish. But again,
1: we'll see what happens. You know who needs the Funko Pop? The guy that did Midnight Meat Train. Yes. <laughs> 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 okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to uh, Crazy Rich Asians. They have announced a sequel is moving forward with uh, filmmaker John M. Chu returning to direct. HT, what do we know?
2: Yeah, so after the uh, debut of Crazy Rich Asians vastly exceeded expectations at the box office this weekend, uh, Warner Brothers is moving forward with the Crazy Rich Asians sequel. Uh, Director John M. Chu is uh, set to return, as well as the first film's writers, um, Peter Chiarelli and Adele Kim. So this is uh, probably going to adapt Kevin Kwan's second book in the trilogy, uh, which is called China Rich Girlfriend. And I won't go into the plot of that because it will spoil... Movie for uh, people who haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians, but there is a trilogy that the this movie will potentially like, or the series will potentially adapt. And uh, the first film actually laid the groundwork for the trilogy as well with a mid-credit sequ- sequence um, featuring Harry Shum Jr. In case you saw that sequence and you were very confused about what it all meant, so it will um, focus more on Constance Wu as well as uh, Gemma Chan's character.
1: And uh, you mentioned this is based on a book. I mean, this this whole series was a, a trilogy of books. And I know when Netflix was originally trying to get this, they were offering to greenlight a trilogy, and the filmmakers uh, decided to go theatrical over with one movie rather than go for this trilogy. Now that uh, you know they have they made that decision, it looks like it might have paid off. Uh, what do you think, HJ?
2: Yeah, I think that this could definitely set the set the, the groundwork for a trilogy, uh, theatrically. And while they haven't greenlit a third film yet, uh, with them moving forward with a sequel so soon after the movie, uh, the first movie release, it's p- possible that we'll see like a whole, a whole franchise of this.
1: A whole crazy rich franchise. That's what Hollywood yeah. wants. You know, John Chu can make an interesting Funko Pop maybe i don't know uh oh I, I was also thinking i forgot to mention before not to keep this about funko pop director series but i would like a jj J. abrams from funko pop i feel like his hair and and uh glasses uh have an icon. he's one of the directors of today that i think still has you know that kind of spielberg iconic look to him um and, yeah, actually, uh, I'm
2: surprised there isn't a J.J. Abrams one already. I can already imagine it. I feel like I'm getting some sort of deja vu. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, be, and before going into our last story, this reminds me, seeing these uh, these composers' names, I would love to have a David Fincher Funko Pop. Just him, like, standing there looking, you know, uh, annoyed that he's a Funko Pop. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I, I could totally see that uh, that that Funko Pop face in in, in in my imagination. Anyways, let's move on to that. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross is are going to score the uh, J- Jonah Hill's f- uh, directorial debut. Uh, Chris, what do we know?
3: Mm, yeah, so Jonah Hill's directorial debut is called Mid Nineties. It's yet another film from A twenty four, and it's also yet another coming of age film from A twenty four. I guess they're sort of carving out a niche there, and that's what they want to keep putting out. And uh, Trent, a- Trent Rezzer and Atticus Ross, who have worked together on uh, Social Network and Gone Girl and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and they've also, of course, worked together uh, with Nine Inch Nails, are doing the score, which is both exciting and a little um, curious because I love their music, it, it, I've lo- I love their soundtracks, but they tend to produce really dark droning like unsettling music and you know when I watch the the mid-90s trailer I don't really get dark and unsettling from that so I'm wondering if they're going to like lighten up a little bit for this soundtrack and I'm curious to see how that's going to turn out
1: yeah it's also weird because you know I love these guys and I love all the the scores that they have done uh, thus far but for some reason I just uh, had assumed that Jonah Hill would be you know, using a soundtrack of like you know the '90s hits that he grew up on, uh, rather than going with a, a formal uh, score. Itchy, uh, do you have any thoughts on this one?
2: I'm on the same boat as you, Peter. I thought that Jonah Hill would go for a '90s hip hop, uh, maybe ska soundtrack. That's something that's very so much associated with the skater um, culture. So yeah, it's a very uh, out-of-the-box choice, I think, for this kind of coming-of-age movie especially. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting because I always associate T- Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross with, like, an electronic um, sort of style that we've heard in, like, the social network, for example. So I don't really know how it'll how it'll uh, pan out with mid-'90s.
1: Yeah, I don't know how it's going to blend with this, like, 4x3 shot film. Uh... Actually, it... it... Chris, do we know, is the film actually presented in 4x3, or is that just the trailer? I think it is how the film is going to look, too, yeah. Okay, as I was saying it, I was, like, second-guessing myself. I was like, oh, maybe that was just the trailer, presentational uh, thing, but yeah, I, I feel like the the, the scores of uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, something that feels more 2000s than 90s, uh, but we'll have to see. I, I, you know, one thing's for sure, Jonah Hill has good taste in uh, music, uh, so uh, I am I am excited for this, but that brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. If if anybody out there has suggestions on who you'd like to see as in the director series for Funko Pop, send it to the mailbag at peter at slashfilm.com. And uh, maybe if we get some interesting uh, results, we'll read them on the air. Please leave your name and general geographic location uh, in case we mention it on the air. Chris, where can people find more of your work online?
3: Uh, I'm on SlashFilm.com every day, and I'm on Twitter at c evangelista 413
1: HT, where can I find you?
2: I'm also on SlashFilm every day, and I'm on Twitter at H.TranBui.
1: You can find me on all social media at SlashFilm. You can find all the articles we talked about on today's podcast on SlashFilm.com and linked in the show notes. This podcast, SlashFilm Daily, is published every weekday on slashfilm.com and all the popular podcast apps. That includes iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast. Uh, Please go uh, rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.